Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Amen. So last week, we recap, just recap here, we talked about drawing near to God. Now, if I can just be real, as I usually am, and uh, say, when I get up here and I share a message... I'm, I just want you to know that we're on the same page. Just because I'm like, you know, 18 inches higher doesn't make me any higher. Um, I still have to focus on myself drawing near to God. I have to focus on myself growing in my faith. And I haven't arrived yet. Maybe some of you have. I haven't yet. I'm, I'm not quite there at my faith journey. And so, notoriously, here's what happens. If I get up and I preach on, you know, drawing close to God... What happens is that whole week prior to last week's message, God's really speaking to me saying, Chris, you've got to focus on that. Or if you're going to get up in front of everybody and share that, you better be legit. You better be real about it. And uh, I'll, I'll usually live through what I preach on. So I've been very careful what I preach on. I don't preach on patience. I don't do that, you know. I don't want to deal with that for the week. This week I preached on faith, and I'll never do it again. Um, so enjoy today because... Uh, Preaching on faith, God says, oh yeah? Here you go. Have fun. And uh, we've had, who's had just a week, man? You ever had just a week where it's like, all right, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey you no matter what happens. And uh, sometimes, you know, we have those weeks too as, as pastors. And uh, it is part of life. Um, but I knew I was signing up that, for that when we're in Hebrews 11 today, which is like the ultimate chapter of faith. This is like the, the biggest thing in faith there is. It's like the definition of all faith. And so just to recap, last week talked about drawing close to God. And my prayer is that this is something in your heart that you'd want to do. You know, I can't force anybody. I can't motivate you to do. But my prayer is that you'd be like, I have this desire to draw near to God. And it says biblically, if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And so the closer we actually get to him, the closer he actually gets to us. It's kind of, it's, it's unique that way. God's ways are not our ways. How many know that? They're just not. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, it says this. It says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Have you ever seen those? We have a spice rack that we got when we were married. And one of the spices is mustard seeds. And I can tell you, I've never once used it. And so... 17 and a half years, I got that right. And it's on that rack. We've still never used it, but they're teeny. Have you ever seen them? They're so small, okay? It says, as small as a mustard seed, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it's going to move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. Here's what I love about that. Here's what I love about that. When I think of this, I think nothing is impossible for God but yet, if you notice in here, it says nothing's impossible for who? For you. And we ask, God, you know, but with God, all things are possible. And we have to realize it's not about what we can do, but it's about what God can do in and through us that we have to live out. little context in, in here. When Jesus was with his disciples, he's standing there at this mountain. And he's looking at this mountain while he's sharing the story with him. What happens in, in circles like ours, in charismatic, Pentecostal circles, or, you know, spirit-filled circles, is we say, oh, Yes, God can do anything. You know, I can say, God, may there be a Mercedes-Benz brand new when I leave church today. Well, if it's not there, man, you don't have any faith, right? That's, that's what we do. We go down that road. 
Maybe you've been at church like that. You know, you're sick because you don't have faith. Or you're this. I don't believe that. I believe that God has a desire for us to be obedient. We don't get to control God. He gets to bless how he wants to, okay? And so for me, here's where it comes down to is we think, well, God can just do anything, man. You know, how many have prayed this prayer? Lord, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I want to be 30 pounds lighter. You know, Lord, make my, make my teeth straight in the morning when I wake up. Or, God, this thing about me, will you just take this away? Or, Lord, my spouse, never mind. And so I think what happens is we think that God becomes kind of like this genie, and we think that's what our faith is. We think, man, if I just, if I just rub the lamp hard enough, if I just do it hard enough, he's going to give me those three wishes, and I'm going to wish for more wishes with one of them, of course, and then, you know, I'll get the rest of it. But that's not the way he works. In fact, when Jesus was with his disciples, he's standing here, he's looking out at this mountain, and he sees the mountain, and he says to him, say to this mountain, move, and it will be done for you. What no one realizes is that on that mountain, scripturally, historically, was actually carved in, kind of like, you know, our mountain here in South Dakota, carved in a picture of Caesar. He was saying, you know what? You can do anything, and this government will be overturned, is what it really meant. If you say to it, it can happen. If you believe in it, it can happen. You don't have to live under this rule and this reigning of this Roman government. You can live under the kingdom of God. It, you can do all things... And that, that was within context. And so just, I, I, I'm a believer for anything. I'm a crazy dreamer. You can ask my wife. I believe God can do anything he wants to do. God is not, you know, stuck in our little box. But we also have to look biblically to that context of what faith really is. And so I want to say this right up front. Talking about a message on faith. Faith is not this thing that you go, man, I have to have it, you know, to make sure. And if, to go, well, my litmus, litmus test is if my life is just kind of stinky right now. It's not very good. I must not have enough faith. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm sick, so I must not have enough faith. Now, there are times where God's challenging your faith, but I have to tell you that we are not that, that you know, it's called the prosperity message, prosperity message, and that's not us. We believe firmly that God will bless however he wants to. We'd be very careful when we receive an offering at the church to say, well, God's going to bless you for giving because some people think, well, he's going to bless me financially. He might not. He might not. God can do whatever he wants. That's what I'm learning. I give him ideas and he has better ones, you know? So, you ever had that conversation with God? God, I got some great ideas. I've been brainstorming for you. I love you, you crazy fool, you know? That's kind of where he's at. That's God. So, let me give you this huge, massive topic that we could spend hours on. Just three real basic points this morning, okay? The first is this. And if you have notes with you, if you're taking notes, or if you need a note sheet, just raise your hand and we'll have somebody get one to you. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. He wants us to have faith. Not so that we get the Ferrari that we've been hoping for or anything like that, but he just wants us to believe that he actually exists, that he's real, that he's there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Greatest definition of faith ever, right there. And then verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. They were commended for their faith journey. And then the author of Hebrews gets into what this is. He says, let me show you all of these different people that did all these different things in regards to their faith. Some of them, I got to tell you, it didn't end up well for them. Some of them got killed. Some of them beheaded. It, it, It didn't always end up good. But they said, I'm going to choose to follow God. Faith is this then. There's a two parts to faith that I want to unpack scripturally. Now, I'm a hermeneutic nerd. Hermeneutics just is like the 
theory of scriptural interpretation. So just nerd out with me for a moment, okay? We can talk on faith, but we're in Hebrews chapter 11. How many other verses in the Bible does it talk about faith? A lot, okay? And so what I want to do is I'm giving you the definition of faith out of Hebrews 11, not anywhere else in the Bible. And so don't just take today's message and say, this is a complete understanding of what faith is. This is just one tiny part of the bigger picture. And so take that faith, that small mustard seed, and let it start growing. Here it is. Faith is both confidence and conviction. It's both confidence and conviction. Let's focus on the confidence factor first. It's confidence, or another word for confidence when it comes to faith, is trust or assurance. Okay? Are you, are, are you trusting God for whatever you need Him for? I, I love this story. And if you're a priest or an evangelist today, please don't be offended. There was a minister, an evangelist, and a priest. And the three of them, they wanted to go fishing together. This is a bad joke. I'm just going to warn you right now. And they go out, and they find their boat, and they're fishing. And they all have to, you know, use the bathroom. And they think, well, you know what? I'm just going to walk to shore. And so the, the minister gets out, and he walks to shore, you know, and, and from their boat all the way to shore and walks back. And, you know, and... The, the evangelist is sitting there going, oh my goodness. And so he hops out and he does it. And uses the bat- he comes back and, and the priest is looking at the minister and the evangelist doing this. And the, you know, the priest is like, well, I have that faith too. And, and he jumps out to do it and falls straight into the water. And the evangelist looks over at the minister and just whispers, says, should we have told him where the rocks were? You know, I just, I love that. It's, good. it's a bad joke. I told you it's really bad. Here's the deal though. I think what happens is we kind of picture ourselves like one of those guys jumping out of the boat going, all right, I'm going to see if I can walk on water. That's my faith. That's my faith journey. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It's not a blind leap in the dark, okay? God has given us so many different things through our experiences, through scripture, through revelation as we'll get into to lead us and guide us in that faith journey. It's not just going, all right, I guess this is good. I guess hopefully I'll go to etern- you know, eternity someday. So here we go. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus, and I'll find out what happens. Come on, what movies that remind you of? You know, you remember Indiana Jones when he goes out on that limb? You know, and he's, you know that's, that's like the leap of faith. That was blind. What did he do? He went and he grabbed the sand. He threw the sand out on there so he could see it. World's greatest effects in any Steven Spielberg movie right there. And... Uh, that was a joke. And he walked out onto it because he could see it. I have to tell you, when I was 17, when I gave my life to Christ, I asked him, I said, I need you to reveal yourself to me. And he will. He's going to look different to you than he does to me. But faith is this result of creation as well. He created everything that we see. It creates, moves, it has its being because of him. We just sang, it's the breath in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. He's the one who gives us life. He's the one that, who has created us, you know? He's, that's evidence that there's a God. Yesterday, my wife and I went to uh, the state fair on a date last night, and while we were at the fair, have you ever done the butterfly house there? That's, that's really unique, man, and kind of freaky. And you go and you have all these butterflies all the way around you, and they're like crawling on you, and ah, it just feels a little weird. But you look at the intricacy of this animal, and I go, this is by a loving creator who has made this. It's all around. I'm a nature freak. And you just go outside and you look and it's like, I don't know how we couldn't believe. To me, it would take more faith to believe in other things versus a loving God who has created everything that we see. Faith in Christ, the confidence that we have is faith in Christ. And that comes through revelation. 
that comes through asking God, God, reveal yourself to me. Show yourself to me to be true. I want to know. What is that doing? It's so, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I'm, I'm trusting in you, God. We don't now see it the way we want to see it. Faith also comes by hearing the word of God. Our faith on Sunday morning should be built up, no matter if the bridge is your home church or if you go to another home church. When you come into a church service, your faith should be built up. You should be going out going, man, I heard the word of God today and I feel good. I feel like, man, I walked through these doors, the spirit of heaviness came off and I can walk and I can do life now. I'm good. That's what it should be because that faith should stir in things that God has created in us to be stirred. He wants us to be stirred up. Faith not only comes by hearing the word of God, but it comes through the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive today. Some people, it freaks people out, you know, speaking in tongues and, and prophecy and, and, you know, the apostle, the, the, all the gifts and, you know, uh, gifts of healing, gifts of miracle. I don't read anywhere in my word that the Holy Spirit is done working within this world today. I don't read that. I read that he's alive, he's well, and he's active. And I got to tell you, sometimes when the Holy Spirit shows up, which we sang about, it doesn't always look all nice and pretty in a box. Because the Holy Spirit wants to get a hold of our hearts because he wants us to have that faith in the Son, Jesus Christ. It comes through conviction. It comes through, which we'll get to in just a moment, it comes through eyewitness accounts. I don't know about you, but I get fired up, man, when somebody comes up to me and says, let me tell you what God did. You know, we pray before service. We pray for service during the week, and, and many times in those prayer circles, you can tell like that one person, they're just not even focused on the prayer because they're so excited about something God did in their life, you know? And so we just let them interrupt, and we say, all right, what's going on? And they're like, man, God did something awesome this week. And, and usually what it happens is when they start off, you know, just a few weeks ago, I heard somebody say, well, I lost my job. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. They're like, I'm so pumped. And I'm going, What? And like, this is a new faith journey for me to try something I haven't tried before, do something I've never done before. And they're excited. In fact, this week, I asked, I asked this person if I could share this. I was meeting with them. They, they had lost their job. And, and uh, I said, how are you doing with that? And they said, you know what? This was their answer. They said, I'm doing great, not only because of my faith, but they said a couple years ago, they went through, you know, Financial Peace University. And they said, we're actually in a place where we have an emergency fund set aside. And so I have no worries and I just talked to that person. They're here today. And uh, I said, well, how's it going? And they said, well, kind of interesting. You know, rather than me trying to fight and find a job, I think I'm going to have three offers by the end of the week. God is in the middle of that based on us trusting him. All right? The other thing is this. It comes through testimonies. Just sharing the eyewitness accounts and the testimonies of what God has done. It's extremely hard to deny faith once you've experienced the presence of God. Okay? We have the word of God, but we also have the power of God. When you couple the two, man, there is nothing that can get in the way of that. It's relentless. It's relentless. Okay, so the first thing about faith, it's confidence. The second, it's conviction. If you're with me, say conviction. Conviction. It means to stand under. To stand under, or it means to be the foundation. Okay, so conviction means basically you are convinced of something. Convinced and conviction are the same word. Okay, so if you're convinced that God is real, if you're absolutely 100% convinced He is real and He has His best for you, if you're convinced of that, then if we go back to last week's message, I think God wants us to pursue Him because He has our best in mind. And we go, God, you know what? I just, I, I got this and I got that and I got that and I'll, I'll give you my hour Sunday. I'll give you a few minutes here and there. But I think we're missing out. No guilt trip on anybody here because I haven't arrived 
but I feel that God is saying, if you want a great life, if you want to have a great faith journey, if you're confident and you're convicted or convinced I'm real, says God, then why would I not want to be under his blessing all the time? Why would I not want to spend more time with him than anything else? Why would I not want to dive into the word than anything else? And what happens in our world? Come on, guys. What, you know, we, we have Amazon Prime and Netflix. I'm just as guilty. Come on, you know? It's that day. You've had a tough day. I just want to unwind. As you lay down, you get in the comfy couch or your comfy chair. You lay on the floor of your house. And what's natural? You know, what, what's natural? Vikings, or which they're on tonight, or Netflix. And what's unnatural for us is natural supernaturally, okay? And what I mean by that is God says, you want it to be life-giving? You want to have an incredible faith journey? Just spend time with me. If you're convinced that I'm real, God says, then come. It's better here with him. I believe that. The author here, he starts listing out all these people. He starts going through it, and, and we would need like another few hours to go through every single person that he brings up here. But he talks about two of my favorites in the Bible. One of my favorite characters in all of Scripture is Enoch. In our Bible, not talking the Catholic Bible, because there's a lot more about him in the, in the Catholic Bible, but in our Bible, it talks about Enoch in one single verse. Let's read what it says in Hebrews here. It says this in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Just imagine that. It says in, the, in Genesis, Enoch walked with God and was no more. Never died. There's only one other person in the Bible that we never see dying, and that's Elijah. He's taken up to heaven on chariots of fire. And here's Enoch. And just, just, just imagine, like, how cool would this be? Like, who wants this faith journey? Me, sign me up, man. I don't want to die. You're just walking with God, and one day you're no more because God's like, come with me. Just stairway to heaven. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's that, that's it. I mean, that's where it's at. And so I believe that God has this for us. He has this incredible faith journey. We don't know much about Enoch, but here he is trusting in God, and he's no more. Elijah, the same thing. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, when warned about things yet not seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Maybe most of you are familiar with Noah's story. When I was 17, I wasn't. That's how much I didn't know about the Bible. People said Noah, and they'd say, Well, everybody knows this story. If you don't, and I want to respect you, is this. Here's Noah, and he builds this ginormous boat that all the animals come on. God sends his judgment on the earth, floods it for 40 days, 40 nights, destroys the entire earth other than Noah's family. But before all that took place, and before we started painting our nurseries with that destruction scene, what God did is this. God said to Noah, he said to this one man, build an ark. Will you obey me? Will you follow this? And Noah's wife, by the way, her name is Noah's wife in the Bible, and God spoke to her, probably, but God spoke to Noah and said, do this. And he starts building this. And I don't know about you, but this is like serious faith. This is crazy faith. You're going, I'm expecting a flood. I'm building a boat. It's, it's going to happen, you know. That'd be like a conversation with my wife and I. You want to plant a what? A church? What? Really? And, and God's going to do a what? And I'll tell you what, my, my woman, my woman, my woman, my woman, my woman, um, Is this Facebook Live right now? Hey, everybody, how you doing? Um, it's my woman. What can I say? I like her. We get along, usually. And uh, I don't even remember where I was going with that now. 
Wow, you distracted me. All right. Yeah, we were supposed to plant church. And at first, Heather was like, really? And I said, yeah. And so I went off, and that's on a different level than Noah. And I'm thinking, Noah's like crazy? You know, if, if I was Noah and you were my wife, my wife would be like, you're insane. You're building this huge boat. I don't, do we have resources for it? Are we going to do this? How, the animals are just going to come? You need to go back to the counselor, buddy. Like, you know, like, seriously, this is crazy talk. And yet he's commended for this faith because he had confidence and he was convicted that this is what God would do. All right, so number two, here you go, number two. Not only is faith, um, good faith is what pleases God, but second, faith embraces God's promises. It embraces his promises. Abraham's story of faith. I mean, look at his story. Character upon character here. But Abraham's story of faith, one of my most incredible stories that I love. Here he is, and he's told early on, leave everything you know and enter this land. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. And Abraham says, okay. Says it's counted to him as righteousness, being that he's in right standing with God. And so he goes out and he follows God, not knowing where he's going. Doesn't know the end destination, has no idea. And as he's following, God says to him, he says, Many nations are going to be blessed because of you. And he's like, I don't even, can't even have a kid, man. Things not working with me and my wife. It's just not the way it works. And God says, it's going to happen. And here's a man commended with his faith. But let me say this. I think we look at all these biblical people and we go, well, they did everything right. They did everything right. No, they didn't. Abraham screwed up. Abraham found his maidservant and said, baby, it's on. And they had a boy named Ishmael. And they had this boy... And God said, you're, you're kind of going off course here a little bit. Now, God still blessed Ishmael and, and Hagar, who was the, the mom. But afterwards, when Abraham realized what he had done, he said, okay, I'm going to believe. And so he believed in God and, and he said, all right, God, I, I'll do whatever you want. I said, you're going to have a son. Okay, I'm 100 years old. All right, we'll see about that. And then he has a son. And so Abraham's thinking, all right, you've blessed me so far. You've given me the son. You've forgiven me of, you know, being stupid, falling off course. You've blessed me in, into the land you've called me to be. And then God tells him, now take that son that you love and go kill him. What? What? Because Abraham was convinced and he had confidence in God, he says, okay, I'll follow you because I trust in you. I don't know how this is going to end up, but I have to believe the whole time Abraham was fully convinced that he was obeying God's word, but God had a plan gotta believe it and so he gets up to the top of the mountain gets ready to sacrifice his son very similar to a story we read about in the bible with a guy named jesus who i love and here he is getting ready and god provides a way out provides a ram spotless ram to make the sacrifice and abraham says i knew that you provide and he provides and yet it's counted to him as faith as righteousness this is abraham this i love this story you know Abraham's got to be thinking, you told me I'm going to have many, you know, nations blessed because of me. I'm going to inherit all of this, but yet you're telling me to kill my son? What? And yet he walked confidently, and look what God had, look what God did. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says this about all these people. All these people were still living by faith when they died. This is like super discouraging. <laughs> this is like... But God, I want it now. I want it to, to work really well. You know, as a pastor, I just uh, uncover for just a moment here, get a little raw with you. As a pastor, 
My desire is to see fruit in us as a church, and us individually, to see us grow stronger with the Lord, to see your spouse or the person who you've been praying for for a long time come to Christ, or for all of our kids serving the Lord, all that to have. I want to see that in my lifetime. It might not happen. It's not the way it worked with any of these guys. And so we have to be faithful. It's God who is fruitful. And at the end of our lives, we don't know what we leave behind, what kind of legacy. And here's what happened. It says that right here, Abraham left that legacy. Think about it like this. If you go and we all paint a wall, we go paint a wall together. A few hours later after it dries, you look up and you go, cool, look at that. I get to see the fruits of my labor. You might have been praying for a spouse for years. You might have been inviting a neighbor to come to a church service every time we say invite somebody. Or maybe it's a friend of yours and they still haven't come. You know what? Don't give up. It's easy to see the paint dry. It goes really quick. We're talking about people's eternity. There's a lot more at stake than just one wall. And so God wants to utilize that faith and embrace his promise of eternity. Faith, it's not a destination, okay? You have to learn not only that it's a journey, but faith is learning to enjoy that journey. Okay, it's not just a journey, but it's learning to enjoy the journey. That's what faith is. And faith embraces these promises of God doing three things. First, it becomes an offering to him. It becomes an offering, like our tithe. Second, it shows that God, that we're looking to him for our strength. We can't find strength on our own. I don't know about you, but I've tried to find strength on my own, man. It's not good. This is not. If you're still trying, just, just give up now. Find your strength in God. Third, it's obedience even when our circumstances don't match what our faith desires. God, I really want that wall to be pink. It's not pink yet. It might not ever be pink. And you still have to walk that out. Okay? What's the God-given dream that he's put on your heart? What's the God-given purpose? I'm walking through right now with four different individuals within the church in a mentorship program, one-on-one, it's called a personal management plan. And the first thing we talk about is what is the mission and the vision and the reason God created you? It's different for all of us, but why did God create you? And living that out. Third, last one here is this. Faith allows us to overcome. Faith allows us to overcome anything. Faith allowed Moses to live like an Israelite when he could have had the palace, you know? Faith allowed the Israelites to cross the Red Sea. You ever thought about this story? Here's the Israelites. They come up to the Red Sea, you know, and, and we kind of call it the parting of the red chairs here, but in the middle, they get up to that Red Sea. We don't, doesn't matter if it's part of the river, the skinnier part of the water, part of the deeper part. All these people, hundreds of thousands of people following Moses, gets up there, puts his staff, prays, oh, and it just parts. And I don't know about you, but I'm a skeptic. I'm going, whoa, wait a second, Moses. You want me to do what? Yeah, follow me. We're going to go through this now. Okay, wait a second. We're going to go through these ginormous waves on either side. And if we go through them, and if, if, if it's relying on Moses' faith, what happens if he misses one of those rocks? What, what happens? I'm, I'm going to die. You know, you're looking at this wall and going, I'm not even concerned about the Egyptians chasing me right now. I'm concerned that we're going to all drown right now. But they go out. They do this by faith. Faith allowed Rahab, a prostitute, to have life. You know? Spies went into the promised land. She hid them. Joshua and Caleb, she hid them with them. She received life. Faith allowed Joshua to conquer a nation. If you don't know the story of Jericho, it's a great VeggieTales movie to get a start. But he gets up to the wall 
and says, we're going to march around this seven times, and the last day we're going to do it seven more times. We're going to blow trumpets at the end, and the wall's going to fall down. I'm sorry, is that your plan, Joshua? Really? Yeah, by faith. I'm confident, and I'm, I'm confident, I'm convinced that this is what's going to happen. Faith allowed Samuel, David, Solomon, and Josiah to lead a country to stand on biblical values. I love the story of Josiah. You find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Here he is, it says he finds the book of the law and he imparts it into the entire church, or excuse me, into the entire temple, and then from the temple into the city, and from the city into the nation. And they say, we're going to get back to the basics of what this actually means. And he does this, and they all follow suit. Now, I don't know who had more faith, Josiah or the people following Josiah, because Josiah was eight years old as a king. Eight! I love my kids, but I ain't following the eight-year-old. No way. Unless God told me to. Faith allowed Israel to obtain the promised land. Faith allowed Benaiah, Samson, David, and Daniel all to be in front of lions and not get eaten. Faith allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to not be burnt in a furnace. Faith allowed David, Elijah, and Elisha to escape the sword. Faith allowed for supernatural strength. None of us got Samson's hair, but oh my goodness. Faith allowed David to defeat Goliath. Faith allows the dead to be raised. Faith allows any of this, any of this to be possible today through Christ. Any of it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 and 40. It says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. What is that? What is that? Something else. What is that? What is he talking about here? He or she, the author of Hebrews, Christ alone. It's the one thing that ties together the Old Testament, the New Testament, today, the past, the future, the present, all of it. Christ alone. Here's where the rubber hits the road, okay? Stay with me. I know we're, we're coming to a close here in just a couple minutes. But I have to tell you that faith is not often sexy. It's not. Faith is not all, you know, being a rebel or being worldly today, that, that's sexy. That looks cool. That looks good. Looks great, man. You know, last night, we're at the fair, and I, uh, some of you know my, my sin issues, that I'm a hip-hop lover. And uh, that was a joke. Thank you for some of you who got that. I grew up roller skating, listening to, you know, old stuff like Digital Underground and George Clinton and, you know, all these, you know, EPMD and Public Enemy and, you know, I, those were like my bands that I listened to. Some of you guys are like, I'm leaving, I'm never coming back. Um, last night, we're walking around at the fair and I'm looking through the app and it says, George Clinton live tonight at the fair. And I'm like, no way. And I lit up. I was so excited. And I'm like, we're going, man. George Clinton is here, you know. Some of you don't even know who George Clinton is. You, you know the song, come on, Bow Wow Wow, EPO, EPA, you know, Atomic Dog. Some of you are like, you don't even know the song. Just, just Google it later. Um, and then pray for your salvation. And uh, I go over, and he's playing on this free stage. And there's people everywhere. And, and I'm looking around. And they're all dancing. They're all, they're all pumped. And, and what I realized was this. The joy that they were, it was kind of like a faux joy. There wasn't really joy there. And I was like, he was, George Clinton was up, and I must be getting old because he looked really old, you know, and he's got like silver sequin things, all that. I mean, he was, he was grooving and getting it on. It was, he did a great job when he sang, but he only sang like one verse for, I don't know, 10 minutes, and finally I said, let's go. But I look at that, and I go, 
this is what looks sexy to the world. It's not the faith walk. Faith, it doesn't look sexy to the world. But here's the deal. You read the Bible, you read the faith that these people had. Some of the ones I even read, they were tortured. They were sawn in two. They were beheaded. This happens today. Cut down with the sword. And it's counted to them as joy. Faith will not give you the praise of this world. But can I just say this boldly this morning? The world is not worthy of people of faith. We, uh, we ended our trip here a couple weeks ago, and uh, we drove through the Sequoia National Forest in California. Anyone have been through the Sequoia National Forest? Here, we have a picture of it. This is my wife and I next to this. Uh, it's called General Sherman. Largest living thing on the planet, anywhere, from a mammal to an animal, reptile to a, you know, species like this tree. Largest living thing. The picture doesn't do it justice. And we're standing there, and we're learning about these trees. And here's the coolest part about these trees, is they say that it's just this tiny little seed that starts in the It looks like one little chunk of oatmeal is what starts. It's a little bigger than a mustard seed, but not by much. This tree is believed to be around 4,000 years old. So give that a whirl. That means it's been here way before Jesus ever walked the earth. That's how old this tree is. And I'm, I'm looking at it going oh my goodness, this is crazy, this is awesome. And you look around and there's these other ones everywhere. They're, they're huge. Just to give you an idea, the bottom of the tree, you can't tell, is 160, 167 feet at the base, okay? You can't see it in here. Um, the picture, you know, pictures just don't do those kind of things justice. But I'm looking around, you see all these other ones everywhere, and it's only between 5,000 and 7,000 feet. That's the only place a sequoia tree can grow. We can't grow them anywhere else. Don't know why, just the way somebody created them and then we learned something we were entering the the forest and there was a sign and it said something about on occasion we have intentional fires but a lot of people who were getting frustrated with that but what they learned is the only way for a sequoia tree to birth another sequoia tree to germinate is it has to burn that seed has to go through a fire or it will not reproduce that crazy it's just crazy so unless in so lightning storms is usually where it would come from now they intentionally burn them and that happens to grow the tree and so we looked at one cut down and you could actually see different parts of the storm but these trees are not affected on the outside with fire they live through it they go through it isn't that it's just mind-boggling to me here's what i want to say your faith alone with you it's no good you have people around you that need to know about your we said at the beginning, we're here to make Jesus famous. Let's make him famous. Will you help me make him famous? Will you do that? Will you help me make Jesus famous in this community? I just want you to bow your head right now where you're at. Let me stay sitting for just a moment. We'll close in just, just give me two minutes. Is your faith burning? Is it on fire for God? Are you igniting others? Maybe you're going, man, I, I'm new to this faith journey. Are you willing to invite somebody with you, even to a service? The only way that tree reproduces is through fire to bring another tree. And there's one thing I'm convinced about that scares me, and it says in the Bible, in the book of James, 
It says that even Satan believes in Christ. So does that mean that unless our faith has action and we actually do something about it, that we're no more good than Satan? Is that what it's saying? But I believe it's a challenge for us to take our faith journey and to live it out. Here's my question for you today. I want to ask you a question for us to continue to reach people, for us to be the church God has called us to be in in St. Francis, now then, in this area. It takes all of us. And I want to ask you this morning, boldly, are you willing, are you willing to share your faith? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take that confidence of what you're convinced about and share it with somebody else? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.